0: Bye. <sweak> Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast this week. I am your host, Matt Guest, and with me out in Las Vegas, Nevada is Matt Morris. What is up, buddy? We are halfway through the season. Our Packers got an effing win this week. Oh. And I don't even know how I feel about it, to be honest with you. <laughs>
1: Bro, I feel great. Um I feel great. And you know, we're gonna jump right into this right here because Yeah. Sure. I want to hit on the fact that Shannon and skip had a great take from this game pre pre-game con uh, Friday. Skip's talking about how Aaron's going to come out and, you know, there's a chance he beats the Cowboys, something that me and you would not have said, we would have said, no way. Absolutely not. The team's done. <laughs> right. It's over. Go get a quarterback. Right. Which we've been saying. And this obviously was circulating the media, TikTok outlets, you know, Instagram on Sunday during the game. And I was like, oh damn, like Skip's actually onto something after the game. And then he goes on today and goes, look it. I was right. I knew I knew Rogers was gonna, you know, beat our ass again. He's he's still got the weapons. And I paused the video and I said, <laughs> What what weapons outside of a healthy Christian Watson are you seeing out there, Skip? Because You're not you're not telling us anything that's reality speaking like Christian Watson. This is the first big game we've seen from him. Three touchdowns for a rookie, the explosive speed, but also your Dallas defense didn't jam him. They didn't play him properly at all. And I want to see what happens when someone actually plays coverage on him because he's still a rookie and rookies in my book. Unless you're, you know, Justin Jefferson or Odell Beckham or Jamar Chase, like they aren't yet weapons. But great win by Green Bay. Uh, Good take on Friday from Skip. Loved it. And yet again, dude, Dallas Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers. Man, he just, he beats them like he should beat the 49ers.
0: I was just going to say, if only we could have seen them in the playoffs more than Mm -hmm. every other team that's broken our heart. And that's why the win is bittersweet for me, because here we go down the road, just dangling the carrot in front of our eyes. Hey, we might do something this year. Oh man, we show potential in when we actually run a real offense and establish the run, have play action, fake jet sweeps, use jet sweeps, use motion, run Matt LaFleur's offense. The team doesn't look half bad and it takes the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers and off of these receivers and puts it on to the defense that they're playing against. Dallas was a step late every time because of the scheme and this was the first time in God, Matt, since the first half of the Tampa Bay game, I guess the first half of London against the Giants that we saw Matt LaFleur's offense look like Matt LaFleur's offense. And, I mean, I've said it here a million times. We've talked about it at nauseum. It needs to run through the run game. And they finally established the run with Jones and Dylan. And shoot, look what happens. Two massive plays to Christian Watson on play action. Both those huge touchdowns were off of a play action. And then the kid got confident and he ran past the defense, for his third touchdown. It's a big win for Green Bay. I think it's still too little too late. We play Thursday night, and we'll get to the Week 11 games here towards the end of the podcast, but I'll say this. If we can beat Tennessee Thursday night and then go to Philly and beat Philly, I'll be all the way back in. But until that happens, I'm still pessimistic.
1: Well, and listen, this is a big win for me because it keeps the locker room together. Uh, The team doesn't give up on each other. The defense doesn't give up on our counterparts. You know, offense, same thing. But more importantly, you and I spoke about this after the game. What weapons did Rodgers have before a healthy Christian Watson Watson stepped on that field this week? And how do you run a Matt LaFleur offense, a West Coast Shanahan offense, without Kittle, Debo, Watson? You can't. Devontae. We'll put Devontae in there, right? Because that was mm-hmm. predominantly the weapon last year. You can't. It, it doesn't work. There is no fear of let's, you know, let's hold let's hold the the secondary in place. Let's run zone or run man because they're going to throw it. Throw it to who? Alan Lazard? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's a joke. And you look at the run game most of the season and probably why they went away from it. It's because there was no fear of Rodgers actually throwing the ball. Who? Bobby Tunyon with half a knee, right? Randall Cobb at 32 years old. Alan Lazard, if he's open, Rodgers doesn't even see him. That seems to be proven throughout the last year and a half, much like it was in the Detroit game. Um, So Watson was a huge, huge piece for the simple fact that he's a weapon because of his speed. And I think that's probably the issue with Matt LaFleur's offense. It's the issue with Shanahan's offense is you are weapon dependent at all times. And if you don't have your weapons out there, you're in deep trouble, even with Aaron Rodgers. thats I mean, Aaron Rodgers still has it, proved it Mm -hmm, this weekend. For sure, yeah. And all season long, he struggled because he hasn't had the weapons around him. And I think in a different set offense, Rodgers probably wouldn't have struggled as much. He probably would have given Green Bay a few more wins. But at the end of the day, like we hired Matt LaFleur to execute this offense. We need to put the pieces around him, you know? Kadarius Tony should be on the Green Bay Packers. They should have offered a second-round pick for him because as it stood, we needed a weapon with speed. Obviously, they have Watson, but could you imagine Tony and Watson out there? Complete mismatch. So right. big takeaway for me was a big win for the locker room, but as a fan, as someone who is evaluating this roster, they need to be very, very mindful moving forward that we need to allocate more of an emphasis on our weapons. Not saying signing Devontae for $30 million, but going out and getting guys like Tony. Because I'm not even sure as it stands right now that DJ Moore would have been a good fit. We need mismatch players. And that's what Christian Watson does with his speed.
0: I agree with you. And I think even uh, a guy like MVS, right? Like We missed yep. him last year yep. against the Niners in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Just the threat of someone taking the top off helps. I, I can get behind that with you. And I was texting my buddy, who's a, a big Packer fan too, uh, today or yesterday during the game. might have been yesterday during the game. And I said, look, unless Odell's coming through that door, I'm, my, my hopes won't get up because you're 100% right. I love Lazard. I love Cobb, one of my favorite Packers ever, but we don't have a guy. And, and it's it's clear and obvious. And I've been harping on Rodgers all year, right? I've probably been taking a couple too many shots at him. But but it is true, man. Like, he had a threaded needle for a couple backdoor passes to Sammy Watkins, who made nice plays. But, man, it's, it's tough for these guys to get open. And if we're not establishing the run, it's going to be tough. So we'll see Philly couldn't stop the run tonight against Washington. So man, if Aaron Jones can stay healthy, this was Dylan's best game. In my opinion, I thought he looked really good, looked fresh, was running hard, making the right decisions in the hole. Um, we'll see, man. My, my hopes are still not up, but yes, Matt, we do need to be happy. I need to be more happy. You, you seem pretty ecstatic about it. Um, you know, it was a big win for the Packers and their season is not completely dead yet. <laughs> well,
1: And Matt, this is my big week 10 takeaway. The NFC is completely open. After watching Green Bay, after watching Dallas, after watching Philly tonight, after watching Seattle, the 49ers game, as it stands today, even the Vikings, I have no faith in any of these teams as my Super Bowl favorite. The NFC could be won by Green Bay. It could be won by the 49ers. It could be won by the Seahawks. There is nobody right now that's a front runner. And it's because the Eagles were exposed. It's because we know who Kirk Cousins is deep down, who he's going to be in the playoffs. The throws he made to Jefferson this week were atrocious. Jefferson (laughs) may be a generational talent. He might go down as a top five all time if he continue on the trajectory that he is. But the NFC as a whole right now, in my opinion, does not have a favorite.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, and and don't forget to throw Tampa in there, man. They something seemed to have clicked in, or well, not London in Germany. Uh, I think they're finding their rhythm again. I think Brady's finding his rhythm. They're getting the run game involved. Those backups to Fournette look really, really good. He was hitting Godwin in rhythm. He was hitting the tight end. Evans is, in my opinion, a top five wide receiver. I think Chris, Chris Evans, Mike Evans is the most underrated receiver in all of football. He does not get the credit he deserves. He's not flashy. He's not sexy. He's an unbelievable talent, and it's huge for Brady to have him. Julio Jones is their third option, man. Um, I think you cannot sleep on Tampa Bay either. I agree with you. You're spot on. The NFC is wide open, and a lot of teams have a lot of proving to do, and I think that gets to my first point here of my biggest Week 10 takeaway is something that isn't very surprising, but Matt, these teams that are run-dependent, these teams that don't have that elite talent quarterback, which you and I agree are just about four or five guys, are going to struggle down the stretch and in the playoffs this year, starting with the Philadelphia Eagles. I like Jalen Hurts. I like A.J. Brown. I like their weapons in their team. But tonight showed, for teams like them, Baltimore, who I also love, and the San Francisco 49ers, teams that think they're contenders, If they are forced into passing situations where you're going to need to rely on the quarterback play, they will fall short. This is where you see a game like tonight, you don't believe in Jalen Hurts because his first read wasn't there. And his first instinct was to duck down and run for the first down and he got sacked. Now, I know there's more that goes into it than that. But if they're not ahead, if they're not controlling the game, I get it's like that for most teams, but these teams that we think are, you know, a shoe-in for the Super Bowl, specifically Philadelphia, it's going to be a big, big issue for them moving forward if they're not playing in front.
1: Well, and let's look at it from a broader perspective here. We've got two generational aging quarterbacks. Tom Brady, he's lost a step. We can predominantly say that, whether it's because of the offensive line, the age, doesn't necessarily matter. He's become even more so of a game manager than I think we've seen in years past. And that's okay. That's that's nothing against him. If anything, ride that. Leverage that run game. We've been saying it all year for them, and I think they've struggled because of the injuries on the offensive line to really focus on that run game. But you're right. Vaughn had a great game. Great pass catcher out of the back. Good sp- uh, change of pace back. And then you look at White. Same thing. Same exact profile, but a little bit more emphasis in the passing game. Brady needs that. He needs that, that replacement for White in that Patriots offense. And I think that might honestly be white here. Um, But looking at the field overall, a big takeaway I had said to you was the 49ers and Jimmy G. If we break down where the playoffs are right now, Aaron Rodgers is sitting outside. Tom Brady, as it stands to me, is the most trusted quarterback in the seven teams in the NFC. Everybody else has a question mark. And I'll tell you, I'll take Jimmy G last. Geno Smith, way over him. Geno Smith, I might take over Jalen Hurts. And we'll have to determine that as the playoffs more come more to an emergence for us dude. But when i hey,
0: look, hold on i'll tell you right now i'll take him over Hertz. i'll take Kirk cousins over Hertz as well if i, I need someone to I get won't. the ball down the field and throw the ball i'm taking cousins i'm I, but he, listen, he, it might nah. not be pretty matt but he'll get it there but
1: those throws to jefferson though dude like jeff doesn't I, matter
0: I, he got it done and he was yeah. throwing good balls to Thielen. he led him up and down the field man yeah. I haven't seen it from Hertz, man. Do it against a real team. Like, do it from yeah. behind. Go I, I into Buffalo. You. Like, dude, Jefferson, that might have been the greatest catch of all time. Of all time. Of all Not time. with the circumstance, Antonio Holmes, David Terry. I get it. But, like, just as far as level of difficulty, that was Great. probably the best catch ever. Ever. Um, but still, Cousins did make plays down the stretch. And he had bad plays, but. Don't tell me fucking Gino's not going to have a bad play. He had one in Germany. Don't tell me yeah. fucking um, Hertz isn't going to have bad plays either. Like he's raw, man. So I th- I just wanted to interject there. Keep going.
1: Well, and, and it's probably my bias with Kirk. You know, like one hundred percent. After you saying that, like if if I were put a gun to my head and I have to pick one of these guys to win me a football, to throw game...
0: throw me a forty yard dime. Yeah.
1: Well, it just to win me to win me a game, right? It's Kirk Cousins. It's Aaron Rodgers before Kirk Cousins. Of course. It's Tom Brady before Kirk Cousins. But again, like, look at the Bucs and look at the Packers. Like, these aren't guaranteed playoff teams right now. Sure, we're seeing a change in trajectory of where they were even two weeks ago. But last year, it was Matt Stafford and the Rams and OBJ and Cooper Cup, like, elevating where Matt Stafford was, tricking us into thinking Matt Stafford was this top five quarterback. And sure, there's injuries there, so I don't want to completely throw them in the trash. But Matt Stafford and the Rams, they're dead. It's over. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> right. that, and this, I guess, leads us into our next topic here, which is it's time for L.A. to really consider a rebuild because I don't know how long Matt Stafford's injury is going to linger. If it's a back, if it's an elbow and he doesn't have surgery immediately, we're going to be talking about the 2023 Rams in the same kind of aura that we're talking about now that NFC West is not getting any more, uh, any, any less challenging than it already is it's only going to get better with a more emerging seahawks and probably a better cardinals team next year 49ers right we just talked about jimmy g's flaws they're probably going to have a new quarterback next year and i guarantee they're going to be better than what jimmy g is currently doing so from the rams you're lacking draft picks lacking cap space there's some questions to be had there and and my big takeaway is you have no trade assets anymore matt stafford is dead cap money he's got to be on your roster Ramsey traded a couple of firsts for him. Maybe the best you can get is a second. And you're not trading your Hall of Fame franchise player in Aaron Donald. You have nobody else. It, they have they're going to have to have a LeBron James basketball approach this <laughs> offseason, which is please God come play for us. We will right. give you Bitcoin on the side.
0: Yeah, if it's even worth anything by then. Um <laughs> but no, I agree with you man. In 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 Stafford was a is a much better, more glorified cousins, right? He is cuz yeah. same thing, right? Like yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's fallen off. He's gotten hurt. The Rams are falling apart this year. I completely agree with everything that you said. But you put him in the playoffs last year and you and I were waiting for the pick, waiting for the pick, waiting for the pick. And he just didn't do it. And he played four great games or three great games, whatever the playoffs was. Tart dropped the pick. But hey, that's not on him, man. And I, and that's why I feel the way I do about Cousins. Because I think, shit, man, maybe you get him at home three game, or two games he plays the two best games of his life. He's got a generational talent in, in Jefferson, like Stafford had with Cup. Yeah, and then you throw point. shit, shit. Maybe OBJ walks into town in Minnesota, just yeah. like he walked into town last year in LA and transforms that team and takes even more pressure off of Thielen and Jefferson. Cause don't sleep on Thielen. He's good. And oh, by the way, they just went and traded into division and got a hot and got Hawkinson, who's. I mean, we'll give him, I'll say top 10. He's probably pushing top five tight end. Um, you know, they're dangerous, and that that's that's something to be said. But going back to the Rams, man, yeah, they're right there. I think they need to start considering a rebuild. I think Donald's going to retire, or they're going to find a way to do some sort of buyout because he wanted to retire coming into this season. It's unfortunate that Cup got hurt over the weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if that kept... Stafford on the shelf for longer. Um, they obviously don't have a lot of draft picks moving forward, but hey, they won a Super Bowl. If you were to ask me, like, if I wish the Packers did that and sucked for five years, like, yes, I'd probably be down at the end of the day.
1: Well, and and the OBJ comment is huge here because it would transform Minnesota's offense. They they are an OBJ away, and honestly, a lot of teams are. OBJ, like through all the injuries, what he was able to do for that Rams offense last year won them a championship. And I will fight and argue anyone <laughs> to say differently, because what yeah. he was what he's able to do is at his peak it's performance. He's a top 10 wide receiver. Like he's incredible. And if he steps into Minnesota and we can see even half of the production we saw last year in LA, he's going to alleviate the pressure, as you said, on the rest of that team. And he's going to open up the door for Kirk Cousins to take that Matthew Stafford step forward. Um, I think that would be incredible, and I think we're I think we're about a week away from an OG, OBJ decision. I think after think, this yeah. week's this after these weeks games, we will know where some of these bubble teams are, and he'll be able to make his choice, uh, which will it'll change the face of the favorites in the NFC or the AFC. And I, I can't wait for that because he is such a talent. Um, but yeah, the Rams, you know, anyone that listens to this podcast knows that I'm a massive Rams (laughs) hater and, uh, I just didn't agree with the way that the organization has been run and I'm, I'm envious that they won one because outright normally in sports, we've seen it from the Dodgers. We've seen it from the Yankees. We haven't really ever seen an all in approach in the NFL and it paid off and how, and it's extremely rare. And I think it's lucky in a lot of ways, but I think it was absolutely tied to OBJ and we're seeing what this team is without Odell um and you know cup cup got hurt we were calling it last year right like and to your comment about throwing the picks in the playoffs he threw them in the playoffs he was just good enough to get it done and right. a lot of that was because of Odell and Cooper and Aaron Darnold's ability to you know bring pressure on Burrow in the most key moment of the game as Chase flies open as Ramsey slips um so I I do have to give the Rams their flowers like they won the championship but I'm also basking in In this complete fall down. And, you know, this is opportunity for Seattle and the 49ers teams that have been pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, And I'm I'm really excited to see how this NFC plays out. And I'm excited for not to be the Rams this season. The last takeaway that I have from week 10 is, you know, the emergence of the media darling Justin Fields. (laughs) You know, we talked about him last week. I'm gonna talk about him now because I'm not sold. Saw a fantastic clip over the weekend of a few fans talking about him as the elevated running back, which has been quoted for Lamar Jackson quite over social media since his draft day. And I'm kind of buying into this idea that he might be a poor man's Lamar Jackson right now with lesser ability to throw the ball than even Lamar has, which is at more of an elite level without weapons. Justin Fields is going to play some extremely challenging defenses over the next few stretches. Week 11, he gets kind of a toss-up, which is Atlanta. Could go either way. But Week 12 is where it gets really hard. Plays the Jets, Green Bay, has a bye, Philadelphia, then Buffalo. Over the next four weeks after Week 11, we are actually going to see what the true product of Justin Fields is. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not sold yet. The running game has been nice, but come on. It was against Miami and Detroit two of the weakest defenses in the NFL. We've given him his flowers. We've crowned him as a positive draft pick, which I liked his profile, but I need to see more of an air attack from him. And I need to see him hold himself within the pocket and not get out scrambling for his life, making plays. As we've said, he is the most elusive elite weapon the Bears have, but I want to see more of his development through the air than just on the ground.
0: I don't disagree with you. Uh, I'm definitely a little more high on him than you are. But the one thing I would love to see him do is throw the ball a little bit more effectively and more consistently. He ties into an, a, the example I gave earlier about teams that if they need to throw the ball, they're in trouble. The Bears makes an extra point. They got the ball with like a minute and 50, a minute and 40 left to go in the game. They were forced into a passing situation and the Detroit Lions put a spy on Justin Fields and they went four and out couldn't even get a first down, lost the game. That is a problem. Now, is it a consequence of him having bad weapons? Yeah, of course, Matt. Like his weapons aren't great. Yeah. But look, man, we need that. That You got to get a first there. You got to figure something out. He wasn't even really letting the ball rip. Once again, I know his guys weren't open, but um, you got to be able to figure something out there. And you got to be a threat with your arm at the quarterback position at any level, but definitely in the NFL. Um, which leads to my last takeaway from week 10, and then we'll start kind of getting into next week. And one cool little tidbit we had about the game of the week in game 10, uh, or excuse me, week 10 is um, I think I found my contender in the AFC. And first of all, let me preface this with. I think Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. I think Patrick Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the in the National Football League. He's playing at an all-time elite level. No one's really talking about it because he isn't doing it in the flashy, sexy style that he normally does. He's playing great, great football, not turning the ball over, high completion percentage, getting everybody involved. Um, so I think the team that's actually going to compete with them, Matt, is not the Buffalo Bills. It's the Tyreek Hill. Miami Dolphins. And let me tell you why. Now, their defense is a little bad. I'll give you that. But they're getting some secondary players back. But on the flip side, they can beat you in every single way with any type of game plan. What I mean by that, they can ground and pound. They can run the clock out. They can beat you with dink and dunk. They can beat you with screen plays. They can beat you in the middle of the field and they can beat you down the field. I've seen enough from Tua, not to say he's a top five quarterback but that he's good enough to compete with a team like Kansas City and that he's not going to lose a game against one of these elite teams in the NFL, and they've found a way with McDaniels to utilize the weapons to win and game plan accordingly. This game that they had last week against the Browns, and I know it's the Browns, like I I get it, but the way they were able to use Wilson and Mostert and Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill and just thump them and make it not even a competition is something I think is really, really powerful and something that you can really take away as seeing a successful team and not sleeping on a bad team come into town. And I just think they have the firepower to keep up with KC.
1: Matt, have you seen some of the videos, um, the mirrored videos online where two is throwing yeah, as I if have. a right-handed quarterback? And it's, it's funny. funny that we have this perspective, like Steve Young uh, Tua, uh, I won't say Michael Vick because of the velocity of Michael Vick's ball was at a much elevated version than both of these guys. So it had a different showcase. But when you see a Tua as, quote unquote, a right-handed quarterback, you're like, oh, he kind of looks good out there. <laughs> and it completely changes the evaluation perspective that I see from a left-handed quarterback because, you know, we're so naive to think that just throw, seeing the ball come out of a different hand from a different position with the camera angle the way it is just doesn't look as good. But, man, he's been efficient this year. And kind of a hot take for you here. Um, And you're really going to like this because if it comes to fruition, you're going to win a fantasy championship. I'm going to say it right now. Kansas City beats Miami in the AFC championship game because of Tony's play in comparison to what they have with Tyreek Hill. I think Tony, if you can get him fired up on all cylinders, can be the weapon that is necessary for Kansas City to overcome the air raid attack of Miami. Because Miami's defense, as I just spoke about, with the performance of field, is not good. Um, Now, obviously, Mahomes doesn't have the scramble ability that Lamar or Justin have, both who lit them up, right? Two worst games I think I've seen from Miami's defense this year were from scrambling quarterbacks. But, Tony, in the evolution that we're seeing, Justin this past week kind of getting more involved with Juju's injury and concussion, if you can continue to take these target shares and move them up just a pass or two a game, by the time you get to that AFC championship against Miami – they're going to have a weapon that I don't want to say mirrors Tyreek, but definitely a piece that is going to amplify what uh, Kelsey can do in the middle of the field with the possession wide receiver that Juju can be. And I'm telling you right now, I think Tony might be that weapon that gets them to the Super Bowl.
0: I, I don't disagree. Um, that's why I picked up in fantasy. I was like, I, this guy can either be a league winner or he'll get hurt and just be shitty like he's kind of been um but to just touch on miami's defense i forgot to bring this up in my rant is that they did get chubb and he did look good yeah. in his first game our second game actually with miami and they're gonna get their uh they're looking for their corner to get back i forget his name it's slipping in my mind right now but davian
1: howard and uh uh Bry- bryce jones I forget, bryce yeah, and jones? jones yeah byron I know jones. Wa- it's byron, byron jones. jones
0: that's yep um look they're tightening the screws they went all in um I love him, man, and in the Dolphin, The dolphins' take isn't just about Tua. Like, yeah, he's a big part of that, but these running backs are good. These receivers are good. Their coach is good. They're just a really, really good team, man. By I, the I way, really did like you did doing. you
1: see you know you know Benjamin get flat out released today? Yeah,
0: really weird. I wonder where he's gonna go. I'm trying to think of a contender-ish type team that needs a backup. Maybe Talk about starting... a
1: boneheaded move. Like, yeah. unless this is a character issue or. Uh, right what i've, or what I've off read on field something yeah and it just
0: seems like they flat out released him it sounds maybe like he was talking shit in the locker man i don't know
1: well and it sounds like from what i've read on twitter that this was more about giving james Conner the rollback um and maybe there maybe there was some conflict in that locker room of like well hey Eno is efficient and like you know they just <sighs> decided know, let's cut the turmoil it's a bad move in my opinion a good player that's proven to be a you know quality, productive, reliable guy is going to be one of the better backups in this league. And the reason I bring that up is because look at how big of an impact Jeff Wilson just had. You know, we talk about oh, drafting yeah. first round running backs and how many teams do this and how big of an asset you're giving up for a guy that can be found for a fifth, sixth round pick or off the street. And I don't want to take away the credit of what Saquon Barkley is, you know, what Adrian Peterson was but like in offenses that just need a guy to kind of change the profile the Miami Dolphins hit it right on the head Jeff Wilson comes in and completely transforms this offense gives them finally a back that has a little bit of durability and allows Mostert while he's healthy to actually get out and do what he's supposed to do Miami made all of the right moves but I'm telling you man Tony's he's the guy he is he is the guy um the swagger the athletic ability the separation he's free. He he he's probably got a hell of a personality on him, but if he can mirror that personality with his production, we're gonna see something really special out of Kansas City. And damn, you know, it's like the the rich keep getting richer.
0: All right, so we're swimming into week eleven. Next week is Thanksgiving week. Believe it or not, which is freaking crazy, man. Um, It starts off with our team. We kind of opened it up. I introduced you and you're like, let's get into it. So we talked about the Packers at the beginning of the episode here today. Uh, They've got a big game. Like I said, just to kind of recap for anyone who's just skipping ahead to this part is if the Packers beat the Titans and then somehow beat Philly next week, I will believe again. As of now, I am not a believer, but it's a big game. The Titans are six and three. The Titans are a really, really good football team. They just beat the Broncos at home in a game that they should not have won. Now, everyone knows what the Titans are trying to do. They're trying to run the ball, keep your offense off the field, dominate time of possession, and play good defense. Now, the only problem is is their defense hasn't been playing that great all season. So I think the big question in the matchup coming into this game with the early line as the Packers are three-point favorites at home in Green Bay is A, I guess it's a two part question. A can the Packers slow down Derek Henry and get the Tennessee Titans into must throw situations third and long and B will the Packers be able to establish that play action run game to dominate the Titans like they should.
1: So uh, I love both questions because both questions lead into what my game plan would be a this is Joe Barry's opportunity to leverage the box. You have two defensive tackles that can play at an elite level, but haven't had the help because you've been crossed between a run game and a pass game that has not been efficient. This is his opportunity to lean on man coverage and stack the box. If he does that, I think we have absolutely the ability to stop Derrick Henry. Now, moving into the, the play action, the run game for Green Bay's offense. If I were looking at this on a Thursday night game plan perspective, you know that Watson's going to be completely taken out of this game after what Tennessee saw. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure that the big play is not there for Watson. Leverage yourself in the short intermediate pass game with Lazard, Bobby Tunyon, and utilize Aaron Jones in the pass game. Get out there right away and start with the short routes and then jam it home with A.J. Dillon. You know, don't necessarily start this game with the idea that we're just going to run in between the guards. you got to get out there and completely throw Tennessee off their game So by the second quarter, they are pulling men off Watson, opening up that play action. I think if Green Bay goes in there with the idea that we're just going to run the ball 35 times from the start of the game, we're going to run into trouble because Watson's going to be taken out of the game. You know, you can't trust necessarily some of the other wide receivers as we talked about. You're going to run into the same problems we've had for the previous four or five weeks you have got to completely throw Tennessee off what their projected game plan is going to be. I'm really looking forward to this from a play calling perspective because we've had big time question marks about Barry all season and we've had big time question marks about Matt LaFleur up until this Dallas game. They have to come out yet again this week and out coach Mike Rabel. If they can do that, I don't even need him to be Philadelphia. They've then proven that they have what it takes to move forward this season and do what is necessary.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. Um, To Joe Barry's credit, and something that I didn't bring up in the beginning of the pod was something they did and mixed up was put Rudy Ford in at free safety and moved Darnell Savage to the nickel spot, which they had to do because of the injury to Eric Stokes. And look, it worked. And if we can start self-scouting a little bit better and being honest about our personnel and putting guys in the right position, like you said, and stacking the box, trusting Jair on, Traylon Burks as their best (laughs) receiver and we love Brooks dude like go back to the wide receiver rankings he was my number one I think he was yours too we love him Mm -hmm. um but Jair Alexander we're paying him too much money to not be able to lock up a kid like that at the end of the day um I love the Packers I I do I don't see how they lose this game but I didn't see how they lose to the Lions I didn't see how they lose to Washington didn't see how they lose to the Giants so I won't bet on the game, but you know that—that's just my honest thoughts on it. I don't see how they—they they should lose this game, but they've been beating themselves all year. But all it takes is a game like they had against Dallas to, as Roger said, we're not dead yet. So maybe they aren't, man. But yeah, I'm ready to move on to the next game. Do you think they're going to win though?
1: You know what, Matt? I'm going to tell you this, and it's—it's it's, uh, Monday morning. Quarterback, Christian Watson is healthy. I think Green Bay. I think Green Bay's maybe the third best Relax. team in the NFC uh seriously Rocks. i'll t- i'll take him right now i'll take him right now over the 49ers from what i saw with jimmy g you know how i feel about the quarterback position um my concern just... is that watson's hamstring and athletic ability is going to run him into injuries throughout his career um and we saw the difference in rogers last week or this week 2 days ago um it, it it's a it's a massive night and day difference and other teams as we spoke about to begin this podcast do not have that quarterback play the game this thursday night ryan Tannehill, one of the worst in football we aren't going to disagree on that if green bay can win this game and win it handily i'm gonna i'm gonna feel completely different about this season now if they lose to tennessee you know we're right back to where we were which is <laughs> we, we don't have the weapons and it's unfortunate and you know season at that point is you can't lose then um but yes I think Green Bay wins this game by 10 points.
0: I just need to see uh he needs to catch the ball more still. It was one game. No, absolutely. He, he needs to is, catch the ball more, I'm but
1: at. but what he was able to do from again a weapon
0: perspective, right? Like he's a pro athlete. I feel you.
1: It it completely changes the face of this entire offense, right? Yeah. Like it does. It 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 changes everything we do and, and I honestly don't think I knew how important MVS was over the last couple of years. I I completely underevaluated what you said was just the fear from the defense. And, you know, I think we got that back in Watson. And when you look at the numbers without uh, Devontae Adams, we always forget that for the most part. I know in Arizona, MVS wasn't there, but there was always still that over-the-top threat. And Rodgers was able to pick people apart because of it. If we have Watson, we absolutely have a chance not to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not even close to that yet. Not even close. I'll have to see a couple playoff games even before I'm comfortable saying that. But with Christian Watson healthy, I think Green Bay makes the playoffs.
0: Okay, sure. Uh, Moving on to an actual playoff matchup here or playoff implication matchup this is a huge game is the Jets are going into New England to play the Patriots now the Jets did lose I think it was a couple weeks ago to the Patriots Mm -hmm. it was no more than three weeks ago but it was all in part to Zach Wilson playing like the trash quarterback that I think he is and making dumb mistakes having bad turnovers and they barely lose the game now the Jets have a top five defense right and the Patriots biggest issue now is Mac Jones can't throw the football. I don't know what happened to him coming off of last season. Maybe it was McDaniels, right? Maybe McDaniels really did help him out a ton. But he has not looked like the same guy. Their running game is incredible. I think the biggest key to this game is who's going to have to throw the ball because both teams dominate the run game. Both teams have really tightened it up on the defensive side of the ball. You know, it's Wilson... Versus uh, Mac Jones, who's going to be able to lead their team down the field and make the critical throws? I, I'm on the fence hardcore, but I think I'm going to take the Patriots in to answer my own question. I think I'm going to take Mac Jones over Wilson, not by much, but it's going to be tough because that secondary in New York might be second to none.
1: Well, and Matt, I like that you continue to say Wilson and not Zach Wilson, because for me, the X factor in this game is Wilson. It's Garrett. Wilson. Uh, the other Wilson. It's the other Wilson. And I say that because the Patriots nice. do not have a weapon to mirror him. He himself in short, intermediate routes is probably a poor man's Jalen Waddle as it stands in his rookie season. And I think we will only continue to see the emergence of him elevating Zach Wilson into the 2023 season. Last week was a great showing for him. Uh, again, I think you spend money on a first-round wide receiver. This is kind of the ability that you expect out of him, which is Agreed. an elite-level athlete. And I'm taking Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson because <laughs> I feel like he is just enough. That's
0: a good, that's a good answer there. That's a that's it, a clever yep. answer way that you mm-hmm. went there, yeah.
1: And I, it's not that I like Zach Wilson. It's just that like it, good, if you give, <laughs> you give Mac Garrett Wilson, I'm taking Mac. But sure. Garrett Wilson's the X factor in this game, right? Do we see a little bit more of the other wide receiver core kind of come out and and do something for mm-hmm. this Jets team? But when it comes to this Jets defense and what they're about to do, it's going to be dangerous. And I really believe that the conversations that you have, ha- ha- you and I have had over the last couple of weeks, that Robert Sala and LaFleur are really getting Zach Wilson to realize, minimize your mistakes, minimize your your mistakes, utilize the weapons in these short routes um, so Garrett Wilson is my X factor and I am taking the
0: jets. I love that. I think that's great. It is going to come down to which guy doesn't screw up more yep. because that's the only reason the Patriots have lost games this year. It's the main reason the jets have lost games this year, especially that last matchup in New York a few weeks ago. It was, I, I don't want to say I I've seen, you know, I haven't seen worse plays out of Zach Wilson cause I have, but just boneheaded mistakes, man, that you got to clean up get Mike Carter involved, get your boy Garrett Wilson involved. And on the flip side, can they stop Stevenson? You know, Stevenson's had a really quiet, nice year. You know, no one really talks about him too much because the Patriots are not the same Patriots of old, but Stevenson's had a really nice year. And yeah, you're right. They don't have the weapons that the Jets have. They don't have the secondary that the Jets have, but they have a young, young quarterback. They, as in the Jets, have a young quarterback that could be to their demise. Well,
1: and from the running game perspective, we talked about Stevenson, but this is James Robinson's third or fourth week now with the Jets. And I would like to think he's going to be integrated even more into this system, you know, even more so alleviating the pressure from Wilson. Um, And we've talked a lot about, you know, Elijah uh, Moore not being utilized. Like, I want to see more of him in that offense because... Same thing with what the Dolphins are doing. You have two guys that can mismatch with their speed and their ability on this field, and we saw Moore at the end of last year play very, very well at times. Um, I know he's disgruntled, but he could be an X factor as well. Like if yeah, if he's good. He's good. If Wilson's not being able to get it done because Belichick has locked up this you know poor quarterback like he often does, can Moore be the X factor? So I like the weapons in New York more. And I really believe in the coaching staff. And unfortunately for Bill, I just don't think he has the ammunition and the firepower to, to get it done.
0: Don't disagree. Um, complete flip side of that game. An afternoon game that we wanted to discuss just because of they're definitely (laughs) the the two most disappointing teams in the league this year. Most disappointing division in the league this year is the AFC West because of these two teams coming into the season. I'm like, there's no way the NFC West is better than the AFC West now because they just took a top quarterback out. Now here we are week 11. The Raiders are two and seven. Derek Carr is crying at the fucking podium. Russell Wilson isn't riding anymore. There's no more Let's Ride in Denver. It's doom and gloom. Both teams are dead. The season's over. It seems like Josh McDaniels is going to keep his job. This game's in mile high. The last game was, I want to say, like a month and a half ago. The Raiders actually, that was the Josh Jacobs coming out party. That was his first game that they established him. He looked good, and he dominated. Um, It's still early in the week when we're recording this, so I don't know if Judy's going to be playing. I don't know how healthy he's going to be this week coming into Vegas but this (laughs) our conversation isn't necessarily about who's gonna win this game because it's kind of irrelevant it's more about who are you more disappointed in here Matt the Raiders and Derek Carr or Russ Wilson and the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett and the way that they've gone about this season to get to this point in this matchup actually literally meaning nothing
1: well, and Matt, I think this goes back to kind of your conspiracy theory about possibly Josh McDaniels exposing Derek Carr. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to buy into it every week. The owner coming out and saying, "I have unwavering trust in McDaniels." You and know, we coach. did it. We did an ex- extensive search, and this is our guy. There's a Hold plan on, let, B.
0: yeah. Sorry, let me interrupt you real quick. Just sorry, just popped in my head is what I what did I just say? Look what he did with Mac Jones mm-hmm. yep. as a rookie so and, continue and,
1: sorry and tim tebow honestly <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah. i'm not yeah? even talking shit like no got you're right tim tebow a game-winning touchdown with to you know rest in peace to marius thomas right um yeah, I I'm buying into this, Matt. I I want us to dig. Well, my, I live out here, so I might have to go bang on McDaniel's door and be like, "Hey, let's let's have a little conversation here." Go down the rabbit holes. On <laughs> go on the rabbit holes, you know. <laughs> um, it's on. Un, it's undoubtedly the Broncos. Um, they invested all this money. They, you know, they signed, um, Melvin Gordon to an extension just to play this season. And everything about this Broncos team stinks because nothing is getting better anytime soon. And Judy, you know, Judy has yet another injury. And when I say disappointment, I'm looking more in the forecasted future of Raiders are looking pretty good next year. We're going to have a quarterback change, undoubtedly. We're going to have a high draft pick, Um, you know, whether they go out and they they trade for an Aaron Rodgers or they sign a Tom Brady, you know, or some kind of drastic change or they go the direct opposite route and they draft one of these young guns that we love. Their future is looking pretty bright on the flip side of that. The Broncos are tied, tied to Russell Wilson they don't even have their draft pick next year so the worst they play only benefits seattle talk about an absolute <laughs> flaming pile of shit decision that was <laughs> and i i think you you're right you know front office is probably going to have changes the head coach is going to go so big disappointment even though they have one more victory than the raiders um i think it's the raiders best decision here to keep losing as many games as you can right like I think this is an easy Raiders win. I think the Raiders win by 10 points because Josh Jacobs probably comes out and has another dominant game. Devontae's been great. How they found a way to lose games is beyond me. It's just a masterpiece it's just... in itself. Um, Broncos, man. I'm sorry, Bronco fans. You ain't riding anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the Raiders aren't blameless or uh, without blame as well for their defense defense. The Chandler Jones signing was a flo- was a f- yeah flop, flop. terrible. Yeah. Um, their defense is still bad. That to answer your question, how are they losing these games? It's their defense. I get that the Colts made a coaching change and were revitalized, but you can't let Matt Ryan have his best game of the season against you. <clears throat> at in your place, you can't let Jonathan Taylor get hot again against you. You can't just you know. You can't lose to the Colts, man. And, you know, it's feeding into the conspiracy theory. And then when it comes to fruition and it comes true and Derek Carr is on the streets packing his bags, <laughs> going to play for God knows who, um, or backing, backing up somewhere, maybe backing up Russ Wilson, who fucking knows. Um, you know, we could say, I told you so. But they, they can't go without a ton of blame as well. But at least you're right. They're in a better spot to succeed long-term. Whereas the Broncos... They're screwed. They're what are they going to do? Russell has deteriorated. There's no way to look around that. And they're they're caught with their tail between their legs because they signed Hackett before they got Wilson because they thought they were going to get Rodgers because they knew that Devontae was gone and they thought Rodgers was going to leave too. And it came back and bit him in the ass, man. Like, it happened. Well, and
1: um, this was a thought I had while watching the Chargers game this weekend. I... The Raiders decided to go with Chandler Jones. The Chargers chose to trade for Khalil Mack. I think the right. better decision for LA would or for for Vegas would have been to go out and, you know, reacquire Khalil. Because we knew that he had a little bit more in the tank than Chandler Jones. We talked about that last year on the podcast with Chandler Jones having that five-sack game and then completely disappearing most of <laughs> right, the season. Right, 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 right. You know, and it's like, okay, well, maybe he just needed to change of scenery. But it was like the the right move for Vegas would have been going and getting Khalil, bringing him back into the organization, you know, making right on, a, on probably what was the wrong trade back then. Um, but honestly, you know, it would have only negatively impacted their record in their draft position because Khalil wouldn't have had a drastic difference making change in this off in this defense because the secondary is just atrocious. Bad. And we're gonna have a draft pick episode here on busts down the road. And we're gonna I think I'm gonna highlight what this organization has done over the past <laughs> seven been pretty 10, bad man. 15 years. And they're still here in a better position moving forward than the Broncos. And that just feeds into the idea The draft picks, A, don't matter that much, but B, they also are some kind of shining light to look forward to when at least you have a top five pick. And as it stands right now, the Raiders are marching towards a top five pick.
0: Yep, and so is Seattle, which is cool. Uh So is Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're getting the last laugh in the rain out there in Seattle. Um, Moving on, this is a banger here, actually. And I just saw the line as you were finishing up your sentiment there. About the Raiders and the Broncos for Cowboys at Minnesota. Minnesota's eight and one, just beat the Bills, 4 0 no at home, one point fucking underdogs to Dallas. Going to your point on you kind of shitting on Kirk Cousins earlier in the episode, where Vegas, that that's what Vegas sees Kirk as, right? And sees Dallas or excuse me, and sees the Vikings as. But did they not just watch the game in Green Bay the other night? What did you see from Dak Prescott and the team? Is it really because Zeke Elliott's coming back that you're going to give Dallas, a, being the one point favorite, going into Minnesota? Well, what am I missing there? What, am, well, what, what I'm losing it seeing this? I, I like I'm about to call my guy up right now and be like, "What are we doing? Not on the Vikings right now?"
1: Because no, I don't see it. We have a different perspective of this if McCarthy doesn't go for it um, on fourth down completely different perspective. If he punts that ball mm, away, I kicks a, kicks a field goal. Um, I don't think the Packers come back and win this game. Uh, I don't think your four stack press got into that that three and out at the end for four and out at the end of the game. Um I th- I think we have a different perspective. Aaron I mean, Rogers, do you have a different
0: perspective if fucking Buffalo doesn't fumble that ball into their end zone and they end up going and winning the game even after Jefferson's catch? Like
1: No, no, because I still view the Vikings the exact same. The exact same. Like Kirk Cousins is not the answer. I'm sorry, he's he's not Dak or Kirk Dak. why no 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 no. no. yeah I'm, exactly no, no but, Cook, but Cook or Zeke it's not Kirk it's not Cook or Zeke though it's Cook and Zeke and Pollard you know what I mean and the usage that we've seen from Delvin Cook this season has not been overly impressive I mean he's good 727 yards on the season is good But the weapon that he's been, especially against Green Bay over the past three, four years, is not the same level of explosiveness that he's having this season. For me, it's the defense. I'll take Dallas' defense all day. Aaron Rodgers led that comeback. There aren't many Aaron Rodgers in this league. You know what I mean? Kirk Cousins is not Aaron Rodgers. I'll take the Cowboys over the Vikings easily because that Cowboys' defense... No, you're crazy.
0: Uh, We'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, we will see. I just like... I. I, I I hate the Vikings, but I'm not going to sit here. Yeah, sure, their defense is better, but the, the Vikings secondary is tightened Matt, up. Josh I think, Allen
1: has a torn UCL.
0: It has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying the Vikings secondary has tightened up. Their defensive line is playing well as so Darius Smith is leading the league in sacks right now, or maybe he's second in the league in sacks. And I think the Vikings offense is night and day better. Dak Prescott is a bust you want to talk about tied up in bad money i don't disagree is, he's russ wilson tied up bad money he can't de- play he can't play football at a high level he can't deliver the ball well and the fucking offensive coordinator who i know you love <laughs> kellen moore He can't call the right game. Why did they win those games with Cooper Rush? It's because they weren't relying on Cooper Rush. And I was like, hey, if the Cowboys can freaking just have this same game plan moving forward with Dak, let's not rely on Dak, even though we're paying him all the Kings gold. They will keep winning. But what do they do? Nope. Let's air it out. Let's go five wide. Let's not get Pollard involved. Let's not get Zeke involved. I know he's hurt, but... And I just don't trust Dallas. I don't get how you can look at Dallas, see that the Vikings are at home, and put them as favorites. I'm baffled right now. So we'll see, Matt. We'll see. You know, I'm glad we're on opposite sides here. We agree a lot. I just don't. Well, and, I and don't this, get this, dude. This I goes against your this.
1: logic, though, of bounce back football. Dallas before sure. you, before you hit Green Bay was looking at an easy seven and two team. Right? We all would have picked Dallas hands down. 100%. Money line. I bet against on Green We are looking at this from a very Monday morning quarterback perspective, at least for your take on Dallas, I think. Dallas, again, is negatively impacted by their coaching staff, Mike McCarthy and Callan Moore. I think we see a heavier run influence in this game. I think we see this defense come out with a ferocity that we did not necessarily see against Green Bay. And I think we see Kirk Cousins forced into making some bad plays. If you look at Justin Jefferson's box score over the course of the year, he has had really just two bad games. If I remember correctly, it was against uh, Seattle. And I'm pulling him up as we speak right now. Bear yeah. with me. His it, was have been Seattle, fine. it was
0: against um...
1: Seattle and Detroit. Okay. Yep. So, uh, excuse and, me, and, Philly, and in that... Philly. Philly. Um, oh, yeah. Philly and Detroit. So, Philly had a great defensive scheme against him. So did Detroit. Dallas is going to look at those games and say, what do we have to do? You know, there's no way he goes for 193 yards and one of the greatest catches of all time, if not the greatest catch of all time. This is going to be a great game. I'm telling you right now, I'm heavily taking Dallas. You're taking Minnesota. We'll see.
0: Do it at your own risk, man. I I just don't see it, and I will continue not to see it. Whatever. We'll move on to the Sunday night game. This is a great game as well. They produced a fantastic Thursday night game to start. First Thursday night game. I think it was week two. Uh, When Herbert cracked his ribs, Chargers versus Chiefs. We somewhat talked about it a little bit. Juju, I don't know. We're recording this podcast early in the week, so I don't know what his status is going to be moving forward uh, come Sunday night, but it looks like Tony might be getting the keys to the car to be the wide receiver one going into LA. The Chargers are a mess, man. Keenan Allen is, I think he's done for the season. I'd be surprised if he came back. That hamstring just keeps nagging him. Mike Williams is trending to be out this week, and Justin Herbert's playing at a high level. He just doesn't have any help. The defense isn't playing great. Um, they played hard, man. They played good against the Niners, but they couldn't get the, the job done. I don't see the Chiefs not scoring 28 points against them, at least this weekend. The over-under set at 50. Kansas City is set at 7-point uh, favorites right now early in the week. I think my big question coming into this game is, and I just don't even think it's true, but can they keep Mahomes off the field and keep him contained to give themselves a shot with five minutes left in the fourth quarter? They absolutely the not
1: no yeah. way this is I think this, that's
0: the only way they win
1: you know, I think we've hit a point now with the Chargers where you know it's still the sexy facade of like, well they what what should they have been right, and jC Jackson out, right, Bosa in and out. Allen, out, right? Uh, Underperformance from other players, you know, but I said it to you. They were in the same position this past week against the 49ers that Rodgers has been all year. Who's out there? You know, Eckler's supposed to be the guy to get this offensive field, like, just like Aaron Jones, but you're going to throw the ball on us? Yeah, right, you know? We're going (laughs) to put six, seven in the box. We're going to put a zone, zone defense in the flat. Eckler, you're not doing anything. And Carter... And the other guys that are on this wide receiving core just aren't like good. Palmer. Enough to, Palmer separation isn't there. Uh, you know, tight end position has been lacking with Everett. Good games here and there, but you know, kind of garbage points when it comes to a fantasy player. Uh, this is gonna be a bad game. The Chiefs are just gonna continue to showcase their dominance of the NFC um West. And eh, kudos to Mahomes, man. You know, we say it over and over who's gonna challenge him for that number one QB spot. It ain't nobody anytime
0: soon. Yeah, I mean it's it's not close. I mean, just to give you, dude, these numbers are his numbers are insane. Dude, he's got almost three thousand passing yards, twenty five touchdowns, seven interceptions, a QBR of seventy eight. Um, I'm looking at his completion percentage of almost sixty seven percent. Dude is just balling out. One hundred and six passer rating this year. He's just the best player in the league. Like it just so, is what it is. And when you have the best player in the league. I'm not picking against you and the Chargers are trending down. Unfortunately, I, I like the Chargers. Just if so. you had to
1: choose, Matt, right now, MVP, is it Tyreek Hill or is it Patrick Mahomes?
0: Dude, honestly, like I love that it's Tyreek for the Dolphins. I, I would put him as the MVP yep. for the league. But um sorry, as for like the nominee for that team. But if I had to choose, it's Mahomes hands down. Like I get he's gonna get some what do they call it? Voter fatigue is that what they call yeah, voter fatigue but I, little, little uh, little my, my argument yeah my argument to that is can we roll the tape back to the offseason when it's the Chiefs are going to be the third best team in this division they're going to be yeah. nothing without Tyree Kill and this guy is putting up the best season of his entire career in my opinion I don't know if it is statistically I wasn't prepped for this question but he I have not seen him play with this efficiency accuracy and leadership thus far in his hall of fame already career um i don't see how the chiefs don't run to the super bowl like he's playing that fucking good matt
1: his projected yards are five thousand five hundred and forty six how many touchdowns 47 touchdowns
0: yeah man and what like 10 11 interceptions maybe 13
1: 13 interceptions so you know like you know they're 13 interceptions is it's an okay number like I'm not gonna look he at also that threw
0: anymore. the ball 72 times the other week like you know like he's still the only option over he there. he would you know? he's
1: only hit 5,000 yards once in his career that was 2018 where he had 50 touchdowns that was I, I think that was his MVP season I, I
0: think he broke the record that year too if I'm not uh, mistaken, or did Brady break it right after? Brady, that? I'm not well, afraid.
1: no, Brady broke it. Then Manning broke it, and no one's broken it since. Okay. Man, Manning okay. broke it when he had uh, Thomas, Julius right, Thomas. Right. That was the that year they special won the season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is currently on pace to have the best season of his career. And the funny thing, I bring the reason I ask you this question is because we're midway through the season now, a little bit more, and I'm not hearing M- MVP chatter yet. You know, because I don't think the league has enough data points people haven't separated themselves enough but when you look at what patrick mahomes is doing and Ty- what Tyreek hill is doing in my opinion it's a, it's a one-two race and I, <laughs> I i think personally this is the first year where i'm going to look at it from who is actually the most valuable player to their team and yet again I, i'm i'm going to go i'm going to lean Tyreek hill as you lean mm, mahomes nah. but you're not wrong you're not wrong um I get it's, where you're coming from. It's just but. preference of like you know where I see Tyreek Hill taking this Miami Dolphins team. But again, I don't think yet we're done with this conversation. There's a lot of football left to be played. Also, these numbers may be affected by Mahomes possibly sitting out the 17th game of that season. Um, and then again, too, we have a couple races in the NFC that could very well be dictated by quarterback play. And if quarterback played an elite level gets a player or two in, we may not be talking about these 5,500 yards. We might be talking about an elite level quarterback play from an NFC quarterback that may trump whatever Hill or Mahomes has done. Now, I think it's very unlikely, but we are only 10 weeks in. I, I wanted to ask that question because right now it's a two-man race.
0: Yeah, Um yeah, I mean we could have the Bryce Harper effect, right? That we've talked about yep. through baseball with one yep. of these guys coming in, you know, Geno Smith. I just see the Seahawks here, just you know, hypothetically plays the best seven games of his life, right? Yeah. Um absolutely. <clears throat> but I think it I think we're just having voter fatigue because at the beginning of the year it was Lamar, right? And then it was Jalen Hurts, but now they finally lost a game. And I think they're just and it was Josh Allen at a point, right? They're just trying to pick and choose because just like LeBron. Giannis now in the NBA right like all the Mike Trout all the greats in your sports here like it can always be Mahomes right even last year when he played pretty bad you could still make the argument for him because he still played a pretty damn good season and like a guy like Aaron Rodgers used to say when he'd go on McAfee's show he's like my down year is a career year for most players like he's one of those guys you know um I well, think I, I don't think it's close after 10 weeks. I, I don't think anyone... I I guess I could say Tyreek. I'd listen to the Tyreek argument, but Hurts, nah. Well, I mean, think Lamar, about last Nomas, year. Think about Allen. last year,
1: though. Rodgers won it, right? And right. there was conversation about Cooper Cup's record-breaking season, and I think right. what Rodgers did was really impressive. Mahomes arguably is doing what Rodgers did, and I say that because Rodgers had Devontae and basically no one else. Mahomes has got um, Kelsey, and as it stands today, basically nobody else. I know Juju's Correct. out there, but you know Tony will change this argument considerably. Um, but it would have to be the same argument then, right? Okay, Mahomes just had one weapon, and Tyreek has to go out and surpass what Cup did, probably by 200 yards. He's probably got to go out and get like 21, 2200 yards to even have a chance at beating Mahomes. Because otherwise, it's just, as you said, voter fatigue with Mahomes. Like, you can't give it to Rodgers and not give it to Mahomes unless Tyreek Hill did something that was like, oh my God, this will (laughs) never happen again. Right. You know, we kind of thought that about Cup last year, and here we are just the next season seeing Tyreek Hill obliterate the pace that he was on.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, just kind of cement himself as wide receiver The guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I love going to bat for Devontae, but fucking A what what Tyreek said is pretty it's <laughs> pretty unarguable. Um let's move to the last game and I just realized this Matt this is uh the Monday night game is in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City which changes my mindset a little bit about this matchup for the Niners playing the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico City at altitude in one of the most historic stadiums in the world, Estadio Azteca. Mexico City the question is will Kyler be able to travel with his Xbox or PC whatever he probably plays on the PC um and is Kyler gonna play (laughs) you know yeah that's also a pretty big factor right now the line's at eight for San Francisco if it stays like that with Kyler I actually like the Cardinals to cover but I do think the Niners win this game
1: so remind me, this field has had issues in the past, correct?
0: Field, I'm not sure. Let me let me look up the uh, the altitude uh, while you while you ask your question
1: here. Yeah, because if, if I remember correctly, and I could be completely wrong, this could have been a next uh, a different Mexican venue. Um, but there's a field that has been played on that has com- really bad turf issues or really bad sod issues that has caused pretty much a significant impact on the game. Um, and it's great that you brought Kyler up, you know, my fiance started Kyler Murray thinking he would play and he did not. Uh, it's unfortunate. And I said to you, I think the Cardinals actually win this game, but is completely dependent on if Kyler Murray plays. Um, right. I, I really did not like the usage that I saw from the 49ers last week against the chargers. You know, I don't think that McCaffrey was utilized as much as he should be. I liked the usage out of Elijah, Elijah Mitchell being back. I think that two headed monster is a great pairing. But again, I will say it over and over, Jimmy G, oh my gosh, he is just not the guy. I uh, had one really nice pass to Brandon Ayuk to cement that game this past week, but it was a six-man blitz. He just it just had to throw the ball for it to be a completion. Um, with DeAndre Hopkins back, with this, car- with this Cardinals defense playing better, not elite, but better, I think they can make life difficult in the 49ers, and I think if Kyler Murray plays, the Cardinals win this game.
0: Yeah, Zach Ertz also out for, season. <clears throat> um, yeah. for the season. Yeah, you know for the Cardinals. You know, as we talked about, Connor is going to get the start. You know, whatever he's on, he got his contract. He sucks now. Sucks. Um, the Azteca altitude is seventy two hundred feet. That would be two thousand feet higher elevated than Denver. Uh, don't see anything on the on the turf. They have played a World Cup here. It's where. I mean, it's a pretty legendary stadium. So I honestly, like, I expect the Niners to play hard. I expect the Niners to play well. I I personally expect the Cardinals to come out and lay an egg. I think the only guy that still wants it in Arizona is DeAndre Hopkins because he was suspended for the first seven games of the season. He's out there playing great, but that team is going to be so far out of it after this game, after they lose to the Niners. Kingsbury is going to get fired it's going to be a full rebuild out there in Arizona and unfortunately just like some quarterbacks we've been talking about on this podcast they're stuck with this kid I think he's really really talented I think Kyler's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL but he's too reckless he doesn't make smart decisions and he does look like he doesn't care often which is a problem
1: Well, and I I think we'll look back in a few years and see that this was a great example of a mismatched coach and quarterback. You know, we've said it often, Kingsbury didn't have the the resume, had a better resume than Jeff Saturday, um, but didn't have the resume (laughs) of a person that should be given a head coaching job and was hired because of his connection to Pat Mahomes and that of Kyler Murray in the recruiting field. Right. Um, and we see it on a weekly basis on the sideline. Kyler just isn't on the same page as Cliff and and doesn't have the respect for him that a quarterback of his age should have for their head coach. You know, I understand Aaron Rodgers kind of getting into it with LaFleur or Brady getting into it um with Bowls, but for the respect level, it just isn't there and it's a concern. But Matt, I, I'm a believer in certain karmatic things happening in this universe, and I think the Cardinals are destined to <laughs> dance this dance for a few more seasons with these two. I think they Mm, beat the 49ers and I I think that they just hold on to a sliver of hope of their season and continue to beat a dead horse, which will ultimately be them not making the playoffs going into next year with the same fricking problems. Now, if I'm wrong, you are right. The sky is falling. Deandre Hopkins as a fantasy beast might be coming to an end. Uh, Kyler Murray might just quit football and become a professional, you know, Twitch streamer (laughs) and the organization can rebuild. But, Definitely looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to be proven right. And if I'm wrong, you know, Kyler, I'll see you it's on uh, see
0: you on called Mo- See you on player. the sticks.
1: Yeah. See on the sticks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore guest Matt Morris at Matt underscore E underscore Morris on Twitter, our podcast at Pitcher Bet Pod and on TikTok at Pitcher Bet Sports. You all have a great week. Later.